welcome to another exciting episode of Rocker Mike and Rockin' Clown Con Movie Madness Part 2. Movie Madness, Movie Madness two. Episode did one, 2. We did a few, we did a, one a few weeks ago. And it uh, turned out pretty good. The reviews yeah. were good. People loved it. A few months ago. A few months ago. ago yeah. Yeah. November, right? I have no idea. Oh, it's 2020. And today we have two fucking fantastic movies. Yep. We'll be talking about Metropolis first. And then the evil doer. The greatest sequel of our own time. The yes. Bride of Frankenstein. Yes. I do agree with that. Um, so let's start with Metropolis, boys. What we got? What you got for me? Start okay. talking. All right. Um, Should we well, start talking about Fritz Lang? Okay. So, Fritz Lang. No, no, Ooh, go right ahead. Go right ahead. Well, Fritz Lang was a, a German director, okay? Started um, a, a movement called German Expressionism. Yeah. Uh, there's lots of films that fall in this category. Metropolis is one of the best examples. Dr. Caligari. Uh, Dr. Dr. Caligari. Uh, what else? <laughs> <laughs> two, two of the best ones right there. Let me ask you a question. Did Ed Wood steal some of his ideas from this movie, Metropolis? Ed Wood? Well, it was very, like, kind of... Cause it was look, I mean, there's a direct line between those films in the 20s and, and what came later. Yeah. Okay. Guys like, guys, you know, horror, you know, B-movie guys like, like Ed Wood... I'm sure looked up to Fritz Lang in movies like Metropolis. Oh yes, you know the Star Wars or whatever at yeah. that time. You know the best, the best. Well, what Fritz Lang was doing was just way beyond his time. Yeah. Oh, it's okay. incredible, incredible imagery, incredible. Uh, just yeah, I mean the, the use of uh, the big thing with German expressionism was the use of shadows. All these films were in black and white, and they used shadows in a way to push the story along, right? Right. So, I love that. you know, Metropolis, um, I'll give you a little background here. Now, the movie was released in 1927, January of that year. Uh, like I said, directed by Fritz Lang. Um, it's based on an actual book that was written by his wife about a year earlier. Her name was Thea von Harbold, okay? And she was in, she wrote like a novelization of what would be the screenplay. Um, one thing I gotta mention now: most of the time, when there's novelizations of screenplays, it's cheesy. You know, it's, it's, but this is an exception because if you've ever read this book, uh, separate from the film, it's it plays like a fantastic sci-fi novel. It really does. It really does. This is where the idea of flying cars comes from. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you've ever seen this film, I mean, there's. A tower in the center of Metropolis. Yeah. The city is a. a, a, a it was actually the idea he got for it was when he came to New York City a few years earlier. Okay. Um, in the 1924, I think it was when uh, the Lieber, the, when the a movie he directed. Okay, was based on the the Ring Cycle of Wagner. All right. Uh, 1924, he made this movie, and it was released in New York City. And he went to the premiere. And I think it was his first time in New York. his first time in New York. And he was just—he came in on a boat and was like blown away. But they even had—he had a photographer with him that ended up taking pictures that ended up in a hardcover book that you could buy, like in Berlin, sure. when they came back. Wow. Of all the skyscrapers in New York City. Right. On. You know? 
Um, so like I said, it came out in early 1927. Uh, it was made for five million Reichmarks, which at that time was the most that expensive, like a lot. expensive film ever made, uh, at least in Germany. Unfortunately, it was the biggest bomb. It's it only bomb. made 75,000. It shit They spent five million, they got 75,000 back. The movie was, it's not that it was panned, when it came out, but people just didn't get it. Nah. It was so well. It was right. It, it was so uh, mix with socially it. conscious. But it was also yeah. such a hit of the time. Yeah. With the modern city, where you see the traffic, and it was a modern city. I'm like, yeah. I'm looking at it. I'm like, even to even me watching the movie, like, how the fuck did they do this? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Even today, people like. But it was amazing. It's amazing. Like, yeah, yeah. And, and you see the you see the traffic. Well, at first I thought it was a painting or a cartoon that they did. No, uh, they actually had a model. Yeah, they had uh, a model. Yeah, there's a great business. there's a great uh, in the 2010 version of the film, which is what I have on DVD. Uh, that was the last restoration that they did of it. There's been many restorations of the film over the years because the film was cut when it first came out. Yeah, literally after its premiere. It was cut down from almost a three-hour movie to a hour and a half movie. Right, it's right, right, too long. Right, because people uh, complain a, a about the span, attention span. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and guys, remember like this was a silent film. Also. Yeah. <laughs> to sit there for two and a half hours. Yeah, I guess was a lot. Even me watching it, I'm reading. I'm like, what the fuck? It took me like two days to finish it. I'll tell you, my first, actually, the first time I actually saw it. It uh, was a version that came out, uh, I think, in the 80s, and it was... Um, what, the, the, the uh, with Giorgio the, with, Moroda? With, right, but and, and Queen yeah, doing Giorgio the soundtrack. Yeah, Giorgio Moroda did it, yeah. And I, I still love that version. You know what? I, I well... I did because that's that's an, uh, an early one that I saw as well. Though I remember, I can remember as a kid seeing this on Channel 13. This was something that I, that <laughs> yes. I, I know I watched. As I a can kid. tell you, Channel 13 oh, still plays this to this they day. They still play that movie, yeah. And Nosferatu is another one that used to yeah. always be yeah. on Channel 13. Yeah. But but um, yes, but. Uh, the one that came out in the 80s had... <laughs> I don't know why we mentioned that in the first place. I know. So guys, let me tell you, the original runtime of this movie was 153 minutes. One hundred and fifty-three minutes. Two and a half hours. Two and a half hours. Yeah. Another thing, this film was, like, this film was a pioneer for science fiction film. This was, like, oh, absolutely. The oh, most pretty much every... film. Did, did you ever hear of the sci-fi movie? You know this. The Things to Come. <laughs> the Things to Come based yeah. off the H.G. Wells oh, book. Yeah. That came out, I think that was filmed in the late 30s, early 40s, but that e movie. Even H.G. Wells commented about this H.G. Wells did not like Metropolis. He did not. He, <laughs> he hated it. He, hated he, it. he said He shit on it. He said that uh, it, it, it was too simplistic. Yes. Okay? And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, what is simplistic about this? But what he was talking about, really, was in the film... And another another criticism was that it had like communist leanings. Yes. Okay. Because you had like the working class rising up against the upper class. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's one thing. Well, a little more. Than that. But 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 Wells said that the main theme of the film was too simplistic. And the, the main theme is the the quote that you see several times in the movie. The mediator between the head and the hands must be the heart. Yep. Okay, and that was the theme of the film where you had these two sides that were at odds, 
but the girl with the heart is the one that can bring it together. Yeah. Right? You know, and you have this, you know, side thing going on with the mad scientist, oh, yeah. okay, who makes the robot who's gonna really just, you know, fuck things up for everybody. That was the plan. But in the end, you know, the good the good guys won. Well, that's great with the robot woman. Well, yeah. well speaking of the communist leanings, you know, there was a whole the whole uh, it was the, banned the workers, in the Soviet Union. The workers, oh, yeah, the Soviet Union. Workers, and you know that uh, Joseph Goebbels, uh, head of uh, propaganda for the Nazis, asked Fritz Lang yeah. to be their, their lead well, film. Yeah, Fritz Lang wanted to Fr Fritz Lang was very anti-Nazi. Not only did he, like, not only did he say no, no, he left the country. Yeah, <laughs> he did. He, he did. sent all his he money. Did. He sent all his money. And then his, he, his, he got out. One of his biggest films in Germany was 1931 M with right. Peter Lorre. Okay. Right. I think that might have been his last film. Right. Okay, if I'm not if I'm not right. if I'm not wrong. You know the funny thing, after this movie came out, years later it became like one of those cults classics. Kinda. Of. People would watch it and people would do it. It's been studied. It, it took it took the years, film. but it wasn't yeah. it wasn't commercial successful. Later on, he got a lot of reviews. Well, the, mo the, movies, the movie's almost 100 years old. I'm yeah. sure it's made money now. There, there's, oh, yeah. a, there's, a, there's a lot of films like that that, that are considered called classes because they bombed at first. Yeah. And then it take, took people a while to really understand. Donnie Darko. Donnie Darko was like that. Yeah, Connie Dark. Yes, yes, right. yes. You know, people love that. Movie. It took a while for people to like yeah, that. Rocky Horror Picture Show. Rocky Horror Picture another one. Now everybody knows. Oh, yeah, and I'm sure our new cult classic is going to be Cats. <laughs> you know, everybody that, that, hates it, it. Everybody hates it now, but I bet you. You know what? I'm already knowing people that are going. Everybody was Cats. Cats was terrible. Listen, everybody, everybody <laughs> hated Showgirls when it came out. Yeah. And yeah. I said, I saw it in the movies with like one other person in theater, right? I saw it, and I'm like, this movie's a fucking classic, right? I said that off the bat. Showgirl was fantastic. And let's just not forget, you know, Plan 9 from Outer Space, we're going to have to do a review. Oh yeah. If I still have this DVD, that's my hero, it was my hero. You got to do that. If I still have, I have this DVD, right? Yeah. And it's the Showgirl box set. You have Check wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. First wait of all, Showgirl box is a great idea. It is. Yeah, it but is. check wait, this out. Was there like Elizabeth Berkeley's panties in there or something? No, <laughs> <laughs> I gotta tell you. What's in that box set? They got, they got, wait up. They got the commentary with this extremely gay guy. And he's like, Naomi, don't go in there. It is the Save, best. Saved by the bell. You smoke, you smoke a fucking joy that you want that shit. Listen to the commentary. The commentary. It was the funniest shit you ever. Are you making this up? I wish. I wish I was. First of all, and the, the guy's like, the "Don't go in that room." Oh my god, you're gonna put down the stairs. Don't go down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> it is fantastic. Guys, I wish I would have made this shit First of all, if it's in my household, I'll lend it to you. First of all, the Showgirls has a box set, and second of all, because you have a mixing. I bought it, man. You know who was a big proponent, and the only person in the media of Showgirls that first came out? Quentin Tarantino. He actually said this movie is like the best exploitation <laughs> I've seen in 50 years, you know? Like, yeah. 
Definitely. Well, let me give you a little more background here with, with Metropolis. Oh, yeah, back okay. to Metropolis. All right, we are talking we, we, we about We went to Showgirls box now, set somehow. Um, <laughs> maybe Showgirl will be one of the movies we watch. We should. Yeah, we, should. we should. We should do Showgirls. Okay. Now, um, just so we can get myself. over the, the cast here, I want to bring up the cast. Alfred Abel played uh, Joe Fredison. He was the, the leader and founder of Metropolis. Right on. He's kind of like a corporate type, mayor he's, type. I don't know what he is. He's the city master. He's the city master. Okay. Now you had Bridget Helm was Maria. Yeah, Maria. And she also was the robot. Now in German that's called Machine Mensch. Machine Mensch. Okay, so Machine Woman. All right. You had Gustav Froelich. He was Freder Frederson. Yep. Okay, Joe's son. Yep. Who basically discovers what's happening below the surface oh, of yeah. Metropolis. Yeah, yeah, this is about and, you know, and he's the, the hands of the have nots. Right. And he he learns about that. You have uh, Rudolf Klein Rouge. Okay, he played C. A. Rotwang, the mad scientist. Yep. Then you have uh, that, yeah, that's it. Those are the main those are the main characters. Bridget Helm, like I said. Remember her name. Uh, and originally 153 minutes, and now it was the, the reason I got. I want to talk about the the, um, the restoration of the film. Right. Is uh, it was cut when it first came out. Oh yeah. Too long, but you know who cut it? Paramount Pictures cut it. Yeah. Because they were releasing it in America, and they said we can't release it at that length. This movie's not that good. We'll cut it down. There was a guy in Paramount that got an original copy. This is going back 1927. Yeah. The original copy, and he cut it and threw away all the cuttings. What is wrong with okay? people? What is wrong with thinking, people? Thinking it would never be anything, right? So for years, it was shown at that hour and a half cut. Eventually, that would be lost. You know, yeah. And it, it's hard to find originals of that. What got lucky was, for many years they thought that the most of that hour was lost. But there was, in Argentina, they found a 16-millimeter print. Okay, now it would have been 30-millimeter if it was exactly the same print. But they found it in 16-millimeter yep. and they were actually able to piece it together. The film was really damaged. When I watched the 2010, you could tell those scenes that are spliced in. Oh, yeah. But it, it, it moves the plot along. You need these scenes in there. To understand. Yeah. You know why they found it in Argentina? Because the Nazis took it. It's <laughs> <laughs> just a theory. Yeah. It's just yeah. based on conjecture. Yeah. It's just a theory. Yes. You know. You know. Like, like, you know. Oh, I don't know how he got to Argentina. I don't know. You know it's just, I, it's just yeah, I know what I told you. It will be a great time. You know will be a great show. <laughs> movie time with Hitler. Have Hitler review the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I love this movie! I love this movie! It's a great movie! It's a great movie! It's different than copy this shit. Like, oh, that, that, that. And if it sucks, it gasses it. If it sucks, no way! To gas or that's a gas. We'll have a little can of Cyclone P gas on the table. I'm just gonna sit here and mind my own business. I'm minding my own business. I would just do the Mussolini law. If the movies are good, you get shot. Oh, hey! Wait, wait, wait! How about, how about wait, a minute, wait a minute? How about Mussolini and Hitler reviewing? Oh my God! Picture Mussolini. 
He's like, with that, with that face. Give me more, give me the popcorn. Don't hug the popcorn. They definitely, they, they definitely, it was definitely a Nazi that took the funny film and took it to Argentina and watched it. Well, I would think, I would think. Probably. But, okay, so Metropolis, we're done. All right, we got that, we, we're done with that. All right, now we're moving to a class. Here we Absolutely. Oh, you got something else? We still say Metropolis got fucking hang shit on for years and years. And then people are watching, they're like, it was a fucking beautiful film. It's a classic film. It's actually, it's a gorgeous film. And you start watching it now, you look at it, and it was like so ahead of the time, which I think even today, they they, they probably persuade a lot of guys that did science fiction films now, because these guys were like, holy shit. Like, like, you and know, they used all models. There was no, yeah. obviously no CGI. There was yeah. obviously right. no computerized right. meticulous, effects. Meticulous, meticulous. I mean, they had to move. When you watch the restoration, Rob, okay, they show these guys. They're standing in the model, so you see them, yeah. okay? But the cameras are on everything. They're moving these cars, you know, a quarter of an inch One at, at a time. time. Yes. Okay? Just to just to show the movement. Stop, and that's stop, only stop, like that's only maybe a couple of minutes in the film is, that you see that. And yeah. they spent days uh, yeah. doing that. Days. This is stop motion animation in very early years. But yeah. guys, think about that and think about George Lucas. You told me George Lucas didn't watch this movie and got the idea for Star Wars. Well look, I mean that was that was that was that was that was Success with uh, Frankenstein. 1931. The original, 1931. Right. Came out right about the time, you know, the Dracula, which also same, came out. Same year. Same year. And uh, this is where they just. They, well, Dracula. We should do another whole thing about Dracula. Right? Could. On and on. I like the new uh, Netflix one, by right, the way. Ta- ta- oh, that's good. You know what? Uh, I've only seen the first episode, and I, agree, I enjoyed the fact that they stuck very close to it. They did, but they get away from it by the third I, one, but it's all entertaining. That's it's all good. Anyway, so uh, 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 Todd Browning saved the studio by coming up with uh, Drake and Dracula. It was, a, it was like the biggest hit I did that in life. So did Frankenstein, which was a, a natural you know, progression. Huge hit. James Weldon, great job. Was Karloff in that? Yeah, 
Dallas Cobb. As you all know. So then they're like, oh, great hit. Let's let's do a sequel. Yeah. Right. Now, 1935. Now it was four years later. Yeah. Now, now you mentioned to me when we were talking about this that you thought this was the very first sequel of anything. So is that this, true? Check I'm this out. To... So this is movie. It might be. So Frankenstein was such a studio success <laughs> yeah. that they gave the bride of Frankenstein four hundred thousand dollars, which was a huge bo- uh, budget, and where, which was way bigger than the original. And, it raised it did two million dollars, which is a commercial success in theater. Right. What, what, so four hundred. So this was technically the first sequel. And, and the it was funny, the first sequel of a horror film, but was horror. it the first sequel of anything? It was pretty much the first sequel of anything. No other really? movie that you can think of ever had a sequel. I can't think of anything. And this movie bad. was the one that started the whole. Let's do a sequel. And well, it started an, right a whole. And, and it's yeah. funny. They never call Frankenstein a monster, though. They never call him Frankenstein. They call him the monster. The monster. That, no, that's, that's, that's what he is. The monster. Well, monster. You, you know, I, I've been trying to... I actually researched this. I don't know. I couldn't find anything. But at some point, if you look at old films, they always say the Frankenstein monster. Okay? At some point in the decades after Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein, Ghost of Frankenstein, all that stuff, somehow Frankenstein just became the monster himself. Right. People, when you refer to a Frankenstein, you're thinking of the monster, but that's yeah. not accurate. But in the early years, they were accurate with it. I'm trying to figure out when it changed. I'm thinking in the 60s or something, it might have actually changed somehow. I think what changed was young minds. Frankenstein. No, it was before that, <laughs> well, I think. Before that. Yeah, it might have been before that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, maybe Albert Costello, me Frankenstein. So... Yeah, may, maybe because you know I watched that recently, and there there is a Frankenstein character doctor, but he's like hardly in it. Yeah, it's really like more the monster. Yeah, it's yeah, it's. But what did they call it? Frankenstein. 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 <laughs> yeah. So at that point, and it was maybe more in the forties. Maybe in the forties. That's, yeah. that's when it changed somehow. It was more the monster than than it was more the monster. And that's it a was, Universal it, Pictures yeah. film, so yeah. they they distorted it. Somehow, yeah, maybe. Uh, Interesting. Yeah, but um, James Whale did not want to make this film. Right. He because he did not want to get pigeonholed as in making. And he a also film. that's right. And he also felt that he really, you know, ran into the ground as much as he could do out of right. it. Right. Yeah. Okay. Right. I mean, you know, basically, Bride of Frankenstein takes off. Right where take takes up right where the other movie left off. Right. Yes. Okay, right. you got you got right. all the people, all the crowds right. of people. Um, but what you one of the first characters you see is Uda O'Connor. Uda O'Connor. Okay, By now, the way, this is this is this is something I was gonna I bring up. I love Uda O'Connor. This is what I love. The old lady that screams. This, this is what I love uh, about about the about the sequel, and as they layered so many other things into, into it, it. They, yeah. comedy. Oh yeah. Uh, and. And Una Connor, who also, by the way, <laughs> does pretty much the same character in another James Well film, uh, The Invisible Man. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> With Claude Rains. Yes. And she plays the innkeeper, and she's, she's a big, great. she's, she's a bigger, she's a bigger role. She's a bigger role, yeah. Her whole, here's her thing. She's like, she just, ah! her whole thing was, her whole thing was. She would, her whole thing is she's carrying shit. She screams and drops it. That's, <laughs> right. that, that, that's like, her whole thing. 
also, but she made a whole career out of that. But yeah. but she would also have the, have the hilarious comedy like I know, love the scene in Bride of Frankenstein where she just seen the monster. Oh, right. And she right goes and she right goes, to the Frankenstein. She yeah, she's all freaking out. But where does she go? She goes to Frankenstein's castle. Right. Okay, of course, right? So she goes there to tell them the monster's still alive. They don't want to hear it, and she just goes, "Oh, okay. Well, it's all on you because I told you, and I don't care. I'm washing my hands of it, you know." My hands of it. And she's out. And she's out. <laughs> you gotta she, love it. She's a great. Uh, you gotta she's love a great it. character, and I, and I just love how they just throw that yeah. again. Think about how much influence this movie had on Young Frankenstein. Oh, oh yeah. well, well, <laughs> well young, young Frankenstein is uh, not only a, a parody of the film, but it's actually a love letter. It's an homage. It's an homage to, to this to this film. You, you know, I think Mel Brooks did something with by making Young Frankenstein. I think when I go back and watch Bride, I see where Mel Brooks looked at the funny things yeah. in it yeah. and said we can make a whole movie and make it funny. It's right? fucking you know? great. I mean, that's right. what he did. He te- like Because there are elements of humor in Bride of Frankenstein that you kind of forget if you don't see it for a while, yeah. but then you pick up on it. And uh, Whale did that on purpose. Whale said, Whale said, oh, we're going to, we're going to, what did he say? Well, the actual this. quote was, uh, I'm going to make a memorable hoot of a movie. Okay? <laughs> and that's what he did. And he spent $400,000. He had very good effects. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, wonder oh, what, yeah. I wonder how much those scenes with Dr. Pretorius with the little people cost. Right. I wonder how right. much that cost right. back then. It might have been half the budget. And I'm, glad you, brought, <laughs> I'm glad you brought up Dr. Pretorius because yeah. I want to say that. Dr. Pretorius. This is what Dr. Pretorius. A man, a man with only, what, two vices? Or how many vices? <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, a lot she, of vices. Like, he only said, like, my only vice. My only vice. <laughs> <laughs> Have some gin. It's my only it's my weakness. Yeah. And it's like, have a cigar. No, it's my only it's weakness. My only weakness. Yeah, have this cocaine. No. It's my only weakness. <laughs> so here is the thing. So uh, uh, Ernest, I, I've never heard his name actually pronounced out loud. Higson. Ernest Thesigan. 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 Ernest Thesigan. Dr. Pretor. So, so James Will and Ernest were, were good friends. They wanted Claude Rains to do... Were they the, good, good friends? Or just well, yes. I saw Correct. Gods and Monsters. Well, I, mean, I know about no, Whale. No, listen, no, oh, yeah. no, no, it's no secret, no secret, no secret. James Whale was the only real openly gay uh, director in Hollywood. Oh, yeah. In, in some places, it was illegal to be gay. So it was very hidden. He was pretty He was out. very openly... He didn't give a fuck. But here's the deal. Gods and Monsters is a good movie, but, too. Right. Gods yeah, and Monsters... Movie, Which is also another Ernest, Ernest, uh, Dr. Pretorius line. Yeah. Uh, gods here, and monsters. Here's yeah. to the world. Here's to the world of gods and monsters. Right, right, right. But anyway, uh, Dr. Pretorius is my favorite character, and actually, he is literally the main character of this film. He is. Uh, he, Cause, cause, he is the first. Because Dr. Frankenstein doesn't want to mess with anything anymore. He, he, he drags right, him he's back like, in. Oh, yeah, right. You know, Clive calling. He's like, oh, yeah. you know. I'm, yeah. So, but Doctor Pretorius is one of the first great supervillains. Yeah. And oh, this yeah. was a great thing that James Whale did. Yeah. Put in a supervillain who just pretty much guides the whole story right. along. Right. Yeah. He, he, he pushes every. He pushes all the story along. Right. And, and he's and he's really the main character of this film. 
And interestingly enough, in, in the original Frankenstein, <clears throat> in the opening credits, Morse Karloff isn't even in there. No. It's just, it's he's a the monster. Mark. It's a monster, In yeah. the second film, he's in Brides of Mind, he's, he's, no, in the second film, he's, it's top billing. Yeah. Morris Karloff. Doesn't say Boris. <laughs> oh, it says Karloff. It just right. says Karloff. Yeah, right. But it gets top billing. He's actually almost like a supporting character. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Not a supporting character. And so is, so is. But you know why I bet so that was. So is Dr. Frankenstein. This isn't a Dr. Pretorius film. You guys are talking. So we talked about Metropolis first, and then we talked about <coughs> Brian Frankenstein. What do these two movies have in common? Bridget Helm. Bridget Helm. Bridget Helm was. Bridget Helm was considered by James Whale. To be the part of the bride. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Bridget Helm, if you remember, we mentioned her. She was Maria and the and the machine woman in Metropolis. Yes. So there's a connection there between yeah. the two. And the other connection is they both had super villains. Yeah. Super villains. They both had super villains. Right. And Metropolis had a super villain. Had the robot monster yes. with the yeah. Okay. And people don't realize that that's the connection. Interesting. And the woman and the fucking super villain. Now Br Bridget, Bridget Bridget Helm, that was a good eight years later, so she's yeah. still young, I guess, to do yeah. that. But they they ended up going with um, with Elsa Lanchester. Elsa yes. Lanchester actually has two parts in there. Yeah, she does. She okay. plays Mary Shelley. Right. Mary now, Shelley. Now, this is. A, I mean, I've seen this movie so many times, but there's always this the part in the beginning I always forget. Okay, where they show Mary Shelley. Uh, who wrote Frankenstein with Lord Shelley, her husband, yeah. and then Lord Byron, who was their friend. Yeah. He's okay. Old school, old school, old school people, and and they're talking. She's talking about, about talking about Frankenstein yeah. and the book, and then she says, "I have an idea for another story," and she starts telling it, and that becomes the movie. But Elsa Lanchester is actually the part of Mary Shelley, but she's also the part. Of the bride, the bride, yeah. And, and when it, when she was ah! built, it was a question mark. I didn't know this for many years because right. it was never, it was never. And I don't think that was even announced until like the '60s or something. Right. Nobody knew it was her. Really? Yeah, I, I thought it was a bit, and I saw it. I was like, oh. That's... Did you recognize it? I really yeah. thought it was her. <laughs> I didn't. I never did. Now, maybe <laughs> I'm wrong. I don't know. I didn't know until like <laughs> I first seen the movie a few times, and then I found it. Wow. And, and, and I'm again. Yes. The movie's called The Bride of Frank. The Bride is only in like for in like the last five minutes of yeah. the whole movie. But you know what? Wait and a Frank minute. Is, the monster is only there. Wait, for now, wait, wait, wait. No, no. Getting back to my question about when did Frankenstein. Wait a minute here. I'm realizing something. When did Frankenstein, all of a sudden, that, that became a mistake, right? They're thinking of the monster. Might have been with this film. Because if you say Bride of Frankenstein, it was never meant for Dr. Frankenstein to have that bride. It was meant for the monster. Right. So maybe people then well, started to think Frankenstein is the monster, well, not yeah. the doctor. Maybe. In, in the novel, in the novel, which His name I, is I know this, this film is loosely based on. Very loosely based on. In the novel, in the novel, which which I actually read, uh, the 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 monster. Uh, is the one who like tries to force Dr. Frankenstein to make him a bride. Right? Yes. So I will leave you alone. If you make me I will leave you alone and I will go away and you will never see me again if you make me a bride. But you need a companionship. Otherwise I will destroy your life. And then but then James Wells tries to come up with a super villain 
Like, I, I think Dr. Pretoria is, is one of the great. I think he's. I think he is a. Um, do you, do you I keep bring, I keep bringing up Dr. Pretorius because I love him so much. I think Dr. Pretorius is. Um, he, he is what so many supervillains are now based on. He's like an evil scientist who is like manipulative. Absolutely. And do you remember that scene when he's in the tomb? And he breaks out a sandwich. Yeah, he breaks out a sandwich. Yeah, I was just going to say. Like, what is it? He's there in the tomb. They just, he whisked he has, away. Now, now he, has his two, he has his two grave robbers. One is Dwight Fry. One is Dwight yeah. Fry. One is Dwight Fry. By the way, right. All right, so, yeah. real quick, real quick. Everybody thinks of the ultimate, uh, who's the ultimate lab assistant? Igor? No, no, his name is Carl! Uh, <laughs> it's not Igor, it's Carl! Now, do you remember, I think it's in, it's in the next one, like Son of Frankenstein, I think. Um, Boris Koloff didn't play anymore, you had Glenn Strange, I think, at that point. But uh, there's a scene when... When uh, the son of the son of Frankenstein, uh, son of Doctor Frankenstein, his lab assistant's name is Joseph, and it's, and it's Bela Lugosi. That's great. I love that. I love that. Uh, but anyway, uh, that scene in the tomb—it's it's literally one of my favorites. He, 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 he has them, and he sets up the skull and the bones, and he breaks out a piece of bread with some cold cuts. And, and, like, like, <laughs> and then when the monster shows up, right when the face. monster shows up, he's not even phased. The monster's no. like, "Oh, I thought I was alone." Yeah, I thought I was oh, alone. Yeah. You're looking at the monster. Like, <laughs> yeah. Did you catch one thing with that film though, with, with the makeup? Okay. Uh, there's lots of scenes of, of the Frankenstein monster close up in the film. And, uh, well, remind me, I want to talk about the blind man scene, too. Oh, yeah, we're but, but what I was going to say, gonna say is, what I was going to say is, is that there's times in the film where Karloff would get wounded. You know, his face would get something, or his hand or something. But in the next time they show it, it's healed. And it was like an intentional thing to show that he that can he, like heal he has, quickly. Right, he, has, he has the power to heal he's quickly. Got like, uh, a lot know, of people don't pick up on that. I don't know. I don't know. He's, he's got like Wolverine healing out. Yeah, vampire healing. Yeah. Something, you know. But yeah, the scene with the blind man. I didn't know that was okay. intentional. Yes, it was. It was. It was intentional. Um, that was uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, the fucking makeup guy that Jack Pierce. Oh yeah, Jack, Jack, Pierce. Jack Pierce did all the makeup for the Universal films. Yeah. Back in the days, man. That's the guy you wanted. That's the guy you went to. Yeah. Except for the Invisible Man, you didn't need him. <laughs> I don't think that is a one. great movie. Oh, movie. it is. Totally underrated. That is great. Again, totally again underrated. James Well. Again, James Well. The best thing is when things start taking his clothes. And then you got Udo Kana going, Remember when, <laughs> yeah, Udo Kana. Udo Kana is screaming and he's like a bottle, there's like a jar of mustard bouncing across the screen. <laughs> As he's trying to put mustard on his dinner. You know, oh my God. <laughs> that's a great, that's a great, great that's movie. That's a great movie. That is a great movie. The Invincible and he, made, he made a little cameo at the end of Abbott and Costello Me Frank, it's time too. Oh, yeah. At the very end in the car, they're talking, Abbott and Costello are talking, saying, oh, we got out of there by the skin of our teeth. Or whatever. <laughs> and all of a sudden you hear in the back, oh, well, you haven't met me yet. You know, I'm, I'm the Invisible Man. All you yeah. see is a cigarette. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that was great. Yeah. That was great. Uh, let me just throw the cast out there. Boris Karloff, okay? Boris Karloff. The monster. Nice. Not the doctor. He's the monster. Okay. Colin Clive was Dr. Frank. He's 
Valerie Hobson was Elizabeth Frankenstein's wife. You had Elsa Lanchester, played Mary Shelley and the Bride of Frankenstein. You had Ernest Thesiger, Dr. Pretorius. You had Una Okada as Minnie, crazy old bat lady. And, and, and then you have, there's an interesting character, a name here, and a character we forgot to talk about. E.E. E. Clive. E.E. E. Clive. Now, E.E. E. Clive, e. Clive is not the related to Colin Clive. Played the Burgermeister. The Burgermeister, yeah. yeah. Also played... And, and, and if you think about the... Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Well, the Burgermeister in Young Frankenstein is fun. Oh, yeah. Okay? But he was based off, like, that same character, yeah, right. like, totally in right. Except he took it, like... Uh, Mel Brooks made it almost like he was like a Nazi, you know, yeah. in, in a uniform in the arm that wouldn't stop going yeah. like this. <laughs> yeah, could talk and yeah. like, yeah. Say, yeah. Yeah. like the <laughs> Doctor Strange love. Yes. Right. I mean, yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I yeah. wish yeah. I could remember that actor's name. Peter Sellers. No, 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 play the burger myself. Oh, with Young Frankenstein. Oh, my God. Ooh, yeah, Frank that's a good question. I probably uh, knew that at some I point. I should not. Well, anyway. Anyway. Uh, talk about when, 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 he, when he sees the blind guy. What, what's your take on it? Yeah, yeah. Because that's just uh, That is a classic. Yeah. Uh, this, is, this is where uh, Mel Brooks just... <laughs> it's just... <laughs> it's all well, this. Mel Brooks saw it. He's like, there's no way. <laughs> I mean, I mean, there's no way. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure this is probably... That scene probably made him go, oh... This is what I want to make the whole film. We can, we can make a whole thing of this. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know. Oh, and by but the way, but oh, the wait, scene, oh wait, yeah. real quick, yeah. just because it's coming to me right now, I apologize for jumping in. But remember when uh, the monster and the blind guy are sitting there and the two writers come in? One of them is John Carradine. Yes. Oh, yes. One of them is John yes. Carradine, yes. who is also a classic horror And, and uh, I didn't see his name in the credits. No, I looked. That was like yeah. a, that, that was, was John Carradine. Yeah, that was John Carradine. Yes. Yes. I immediately, because I, I, I love know, I know the guy Carrie. too. Yeah, and uh, I, yeah, and I was like, there's a, I wouldn't say a cameo, because it's probably early in his career. I, I don't know. It's just, uh, I guess, an uncredited role. An he uncredited must have been role. With James Well or something. I mean, yeah, you know what? They, do that they probably time. just hung out in Got Hollywood. Hung, hung out drinking, swimming the balls tonight. Like, it's like, yeah. hey, you, you know what? You I need a hunter. Yeah. I need a hunter to come. You got an interesting <laughs> face. You know, we'll push you on the phone. I mean, yeah, that's put you in here. Yeah, but that scene, when you watch it, and, you know, I, I can't show you because it's too cold for me to take. So I actually have a Frankenstein tattoo. All right, on. Okay. Yeah. Monster. Okay. Well, you ain't seen me naked yet. Well, right. not yet. <laughs> There's but plenty of time for that. Oh boy, but <laughs> <laughs> but that is still young, my friend. Oh boy, but one thing with Frankenstein movies for me is I always liked them because I I felt bad for the monster. You know, you feel you uh, like course. he didn't ask to be fucking born. Okay, and the scene with the with the blind man, you just have like. This old guy living by himself. The guy comes, you know, the monster comes in. He would, he would have asked him to move in, be his roommate. Yeah. Right there, as you know, was... I ask God for a friend. Yes. Yeah. Friend. Yeah. 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 And the poor bastard's house burns down. Right. Right. What is and that? Then, he just burns his house down. Like, this is what you get. Now he's got to go live in. Monster. Now he's yeah. got to go live in some fucking blind hole in Berlin and die in a freaking, you know, be treated like shit. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Somewhere. That's what happened to him. 
Oh, this man. was literally the worst friend you could ever have. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> but what I liked in, in Bride of Frankenstein, too, is the monster actually speaks. He's got some dialogue. He does. He does. It is, it's it's, it is his line. Frank Smoke. Good. Smoke. Friend. Good. Friend. Be my friend. This is why it was really popular in the 60s. When everybody just got really sick. No, no. That's why it was so funny. Fire, you know. fire, it, well, what's it, Frankenstein? Oh, young Frankenstein? Yeah. Oh, baby Ruth. <laughs> 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 well, he likes his pump. I'm fire. I'm proud. That's crazy. That was Peter Boyle. Yes. Yeah, Peter Boyle. Very early role. Yeah. Peter Boyle. One of the best movies I ever saw Peter Boyle was. Joe. Seen, uh, no, um, uh, running with the buffalo, oh, and it's wow, pretty much, wow, and it's pretty, and it's yeah. pretty much the same like Fear and Loathing. Yeah, and it's about Hunter S. Thompson. Yeah, of fantastic movie. Yeah, yeah, that is a good movie. That is a good movie. With Bill Murray, yeah. Bill Murray as Hunter S. Thompson. Which, when you movie. think about it, it's pretty much a genius cast. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Johnny Depp did a good job. Johnny, Johnny, Depp. No, Johnny, Johnny did a great job. Dude, no, let no. me tell you, I, I, would, I would rather watch Running with the Buffalo than watch the Fear How about how about Peter Boyle and Taxi Driver? Peter Boyle well, is great. Yep. Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, uh, uh, he's like, he's like, I'm in the middle of, I'm in the middle of the Triborough Bridge. And this girl is in the back seat changing her panties. I pull right over, I, I turn the meter off, I jump in the back seat, and I whip it out and I go, This is love! <laughs> <laughs> it's such a great fucking scene, man, in that movie. It's such a short scene, but it's hilarious. This is love. I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fuck her right here on the bridge, you know what I'm saying? Now, this is love! <laughs> You know what, Tony fucking forgot about yeah, that? Yeah, it's great. Oh, yeah. It's a great scene. This is stuff. Yeah. Have you ever seen the Peter Boyle movie, Joe? No, I heard that's a great I am going to lend it to you. You sent me actually the trailer to I Joe. I am going to send that to you. Have you ever I seen this see movie? That. I have not seen that movie. All right. Uh, director John Avildsen, okay? Uh, he It came out in 1970. I think it's Boyle's first movie. It's Susan Sarandon's first movie. What? Uh, right. He played. Why have I not seen this movie? Okay, and uh, a couple other character actor types that you would know if you saw them. I'll I'll lend it to you guys. All right. He basically what it is is this guy has a daughter who's a drug addict in the East Village, and she's living with this drug dealer in a shithole apartment down here, and. He's a rich guy, the daughter's rich, but she ran away to be with him. And she gets whacked out on pills in like the second Avenue drugstore and they drag her out. And the father goes down to the apartment to get her things, to move her out. And in the middle of doing it, the boyfriend comes in. They have a scuffle, okay, and shit happens. But later in the film, he meets a Joe, who is Peter Boyle, who's like an Archie Bunker type. Yeah. He even lives in the story, so it's oh, kind of yeah. like based on I, that. I, 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 I saw the trailer. Yeah, yeah, and they go into the they they looking for Susan Sarandon in the village. It's the middle of like all the hippies. They're getting high. They're doing all this shit trying to find her, and shit goes wrong. It's nuts. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. So, Scott, what do you have coming up? I know anyone in the family. Oh, yeah, yes, yes. Well, you know, uh, time to plug my show. Uh, I'm doing 
a couple of projects. One is uh, I do a live show called The Ferris uh, with my uh, great uh, producer, uh, Alaska. We do it once a month at the uh, Heart Swallow, which is our first Avenue. I know you just did one last week. We just week. did one last when, Friday. When, when, when our our next one, get this, our next one. Uh, we do it like the second Friday of each month. Our next one falls on uh, February 14th. Oh. <sighs> so we're doing a I Hate Valentine's Day show. <laughs> on Fuck Valentine's Day show. Okay. So that's going to be fun. Yeah. Uh, I'm also working with my friend Martin Myers, who is uh, uh, <laughs> a big cast as a super villain myself. Really? Which I'm kind of big, you know, I'm, I'm thinking wait, wait, wait. I'm kind of big. Wait a minute, a super villain clown? No, super villain. I mean, you could be a joker? <laughs> no, I, I actually have a big skull head. Oh. But, like and, the red and, skull? Yeah, yeah, and it's, you know, I'm thinking I'm kind of raising it a little bit on Dr. Precarious. Precarious. <laughs> oh, wow. He's a super villain, but he's not a really very good super yeah. villain. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, that's that despicable me. Right, so it's a it's a web series I'm working on. Right. Uh, with, with my friend Mark, and uh, who's producing it, and uh, some friends of mine. Uh, that's going to be fun. We'll see. We're, we're actually, on Friday, we're going to... What's it, what's it called, Mark? The, the Evil Expo. The Evil Expo. The so it's a, it's, a, it's a conference for super villains. Really? So, yeah. I want to go. You should come. You should come. Also, uh, I'm pretty sure I invited you. March 15th. Yes, yes, you did. March 15th. We are and going. I, and I want people to understand this. Yeah, so I, my, I am March. March. My favorite film of all time, the, the film that inspired me, is the original 1933 King Kong. And uh, TMC, Twitter Classic Movies, uh, for one day on March 15th, all around the country, they are showing it on the big screen. And uh, I think I've invited you. Yes, you got me a ticket. I already got you a ticket, <laughs> so we're going. Yep. Uh, I just write, uh, just look it up. King Kong 1933. Go see it. Go Great see movie. it. There, there's, you never there, seen it like you see it in the movies. There are at least three theaters in New York that are showing it. Right. Uh, and um, we're doing it two days, uh, two shows. Anyway. That's, that's, that's all I got to plug. Okay. How can we how can we find you, Scott? I know you're out uh, there. Here's how you find me. Uh, if you go to Instagram, Clown Kong 44. Uh, Clown Kong 44. Clown Kong like King Kong. C L O W N K O N G 44. Uh, NYC. Any what is it? Does anybody know? It's Clown Kong. I don't know. I don't have to look at my own funny thing. Clown Kong. Uh, uh, so, you know. Uh, also, uh, if you want to know about our show that we're doing, uh, Nefarious Clowns, which is on Instagram. You can look on the Hard Swallow website. They'll say what's right, going on right. with that. Nefarious Clowns is, is, the, is the show. How can we find you, Rob? You can find me on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, everything lumped up. It's, getting getting, uh, lumped, getting lumped, up. lumped up. So anything saying getting lumped up, you can find me on. So even the uh, website, the, 
And the podcast is on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, um, Pandora, anywhere where we, you can listen to your podcast. We are on it pretty much. Awesome. And I'm you know? Rocker Mike. You can find me on Instagram, Rocker Mike 212. I'm on Twitter, Rocker Mike 3. And under Michael Baker on Facebook. And how do we end the show? Uh, like we do all the time. Drunk. Don't get drunk. Don't get drunk. Thank you, everybody. See you guys next time. See you soon.